Mainly sunny and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. The executive director of the Canadian Public Health Association says there is frustration with the current system, which has created a patchwork quilt of different guidelines across the country for who should get priority on the COVID-19 vaccine. The National Advisory Committee on Immunization recommends who should be prioritized But Ian Culbert says getting provinces to give up control in favour of a national approach would be difficult. It's a catch-22. The flexibility provides provinces and territories the ability to respond to their local circumstances. But it, it creates a patchwork quilt approach. So there is that uh, inequity that can appear uh, as part of the process. Police, prison guards, teachers and community doctors have joined a list of groups that want to be bumped up to phase two after frontline health workers and the elderly are taken care of. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. But Crowchild and Glenmore trails are still wide open for you this Sunday morning. We are running problem-free all across the city right now. The only thing slowing you down is actually air factor from the sun for eastbound drivers. So make sure you have those visors and sunglasses ready. And we do have some construction along 24th Avenue between 16th and 17th Street. A single lane gets through in each direction. I'm not seeing any delays right now, though. Discover new ways to create and play with Indigo Kids. Right now, get 20% off art supplies, craft, and science kits. Visit indigo.ca today for details. Offer ends Sunday for the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter. I'm Kay Eason. Alberta Health is running low of the AstraZeneca vaccine, which means it's nearing the maximum number of appointment bookings that can be scheduled. Currently, anyone born between 1957 and 1961 and First Nations, Métis and Inuit people born between 1972 and 76 can book a shot. You have until 4 p.m. today to book online or by calling 811. After 4 o'clock, you must call HealthLink to book your AstraZeneca appointment. Another birth year will not be opening until more supply arrives. Volunteers are devastated with the Lions Festival of Light after thousands of dollars worth of equipment was stolen. As Global's Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports, the lights and wires were to be used to create the annual huge holiday display eight months from now in Confederation Park. Thieves broke into a storage shed by the Confederation Park golf course sometime last week and made off with around $10,000 worth of cords and cables. Now the Lions Club volunteers will have to start from scratch, buying equipment that they have purchased bit by bit over the past 34 years. The organizer of the Festival of Lights estimates it's about a kilometer's worth of cords that were likely stolen because of the demand for copper wire. Otto Silzer hopes insurance will cover some of the loss. He's thankful that at least the theft happened now and not later in the year, which would have made it hard to buy the equipment in time for putting on the display for this coming Christmas. Carol and Curry de Castillo, Global News. A roadway and bridge upgrade is set to begin for two busy roadways in northeast Calgary and the improvements will also see a multi-use pathway built in the area. Peter Rudolph, project manager and senior transportation engineer with the city, says this work is vital. The work is needed uh, because it's part of the city's ongoing uh, life cycle pavement restoration and bridge restoration work. So as all as all uh, pavements in the city go, they kind of life cycle out. They need to be maintained and repaired over time. As part of the project, Barlow Trail Northeast from 4th Avenue to Sunridge Boulevard, including 16th Avenue ramps, will be reconstructed. Work on Barlow Trail will be done half on half the road at a time, and it's expected two lanes of traffic will be maintained at peak travel times. 
In off-peak times, Rudolph said the road could be reduced to one lane for periods of time. The project starts tomorrow. And Canada is well represented at tonight's Grammy Awards, even as some of the country's best-known musicians voice their displeasure with the Recording Academy. Of the 83 categories, 23 have at least one Canadian contender. However, the weekend is not one of them. Prompting the Toronto R&B singer to say after this year's snub, he's told his label to no longer submit his music for consideration in the future. Both his album After Hours and the single Blinding Lights were considered major contenders before he was left high and dry when the nominations were announced last November. Justin Bieber is up for four awards, three in the pop category, although he has said he felt his latest songs belonged in the R&B category. Despite being the most nominated Canadian this year, Bieber is not booked to perform on the show, and there are questions over whether he'll even attend the smaller ceremony. Laurie Paris, The Canadian Press. It's minus one at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and what a day we had yesterday. Just gorgeous. And the weather looks great for the next few days. So um, garden centers are going a little bit crazy right now. I know if you're looking to do any of the seeding um, in your garden with veggie seeds, if you're looking for certain ones, um, I, would, I would definitely get out and look for them. Um, potatoes, we got those in this week. A lot of the spring bulbs are in. So Matt, it sure felt like spring yesterday and people were happy to be outside and uh, even just spending some time out uh, just wandering around our, our lot. We have a large space, so people are able to to, to wander around a bit and uh, be able to social distance as well and uh, and but still be able to get their gardening needs looked after and get that little bit of vitamin D into the air, So, which is uh, awesome. So a couple things, just, yeah, I want to mention that is uh, – it's definitely time to start a lot of your 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 seeds and things inside if you're looking to grow some annuals and and depends how close you are um, and what you want to put out into the veggie garden. Sort of when you get into sort of mid March to April is typically when we do it because a lot of them can be planted outside um, when you get into early May for the most part. <clears throat> There's some tender ones, your begonias and patience, things like that. Definitely, you can't put outside until the first of June. But a lot of the squat or not squash the um, cauliflowers, your broccolis, like all your peas, all that stuff. Um, you can definitely have that outside. And met a couple of people in the garden center yesterday. They were getting their their spinach. They they put it out. They seed that out right outside. Now they do sort of a a cool sowing of those. So. If you're looking to try that, and I think I'm going to try that. I have a raised bed uh, on my deck, one of those wooden uh, raised gardens. I'm going to put some spinach seed in there and see if it uh, see if it'll work for me. It should. It's actually nice and nice and warm. The soil's actually broke apart already. So, and got a couple um, texts already. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And we're going to have Jen. We had lots of activity going on in the greenhouse, um, this past week's lots of neat tropical plants and, and a lot of the herbs and different things. So she's going to let us know what, what has arrived. Got a text here. 
Hi, Merle. With all the snow melting yesterday, I just noticed my 45-year-old crab apple bark has been chewed off. It's three-quarters of the way around the trees at the base, four inches high. What can I do? Is there a product to apply to? Yeah, this one's a nasty one. That's either, like, I very rarely see them go after big trees like that where they eat the bark off a big one like that. But, man, oh, man, that's, I would almost say it, it, it very well could be the, the mice and or the voles that do that or a rabbit was in it, but probably a, probably a, probably the mice. They love doing that to trees, but man, oh, man. And we have a product called lac balsam that's lac balsam and it's a bark replacement yeah they've chewed that right down to the layer to the cambium layer almost like it's um that one's nasty so and i, I mentioned that a few weeks ago is to pull the snow away from your trunks of the tree but very rarely i've seen them go after like holy cow like 45 year old trees like that like this is a big big old apple tree crab apple and man oh man just made a mess of it um so what you can do while it's a nice fresh wound like that get the lac balsam put a good layer on it and hopefully that will seal it up and don't use pruning tar or anything like that because it won't let it breathe lac balsam is the only one it's a bark replacement so it still lets that breathe so it's like a replacement for the skin and a replacement for the bark so that's what I would do, and I might almost use a bit of uh, Bordeaux or a fungicide first, just apply that, let it dry, and then put the lac balsam on after, just to ensure that, because it's opened up pretty wide there, so maybe just to ensure that it uh, is tied up. And next year, you can spray a product called Bobex all over your the trunks of your trees and that, that definitely helps, or something like that, you could use wire, um, but for the mice, you have to use pretty tight wire. You have to use the really small squared stuff, so they're not so they can't get through it. So if you're using the bigger squares, they can go through. So, yeah, sorry about that, Margaret. That's uh, that one's not good. It doesn't uh, it doesn't look good. Okay, that must have been another text for someone else. I'm about a Popeye. Well, still getting text for Kevin, which is awesome. And here we are. Good morning. Really enjoy your show. I live in Okotoks and want to transplant an Alberta wild rose. When can I do this? And will transplanting hurt the flowering this season? Um, you should be able to. What I would do is I would find, if you, if you have a, a rose, I would do it as soon as you can work the ground. So probably two or three weeks from now, um, when the ground's thawed, you're able to dig a hole fairly easy. So you just want to have a pot or something to dig the rose out of the ground, lift it out, put it into the pot, have your hole ready. And uh, I would get a product like Mike's or um, 15, 30, 15, 10, 52, 10, something with a high middle number just to help with the transplanting. And I would probably cut it back about a third, um, take two or three or four, it depends how big it is, take sort of five, six inches off it, off the top, and then, that way the growth, it's not, it'll concentrate on new growth, not trying to keep all the old growth alive. And uh, you, and you should see some blooms this season. There should be no reason why not. So I would uh, I would give that a try for sure. And I forgot to mention it. Uh, it was daylight savings time. So we got, we lost an hour today. So, um, which 
for guys like me, it's good. I'm up early anyway, so I didn't really miss out. Just to move the clocks ahead. Most of them do it automatically nowadays. So if you are wondering why I'm on a bit earlier, it feels like it's early. It's not 8.13, it's 9.13. So, um, and it, it's going to be a gorgeous day. And i got a couple more texts here. When do I plant sunflower seeds outside? Typically, you can put them... Again, end of April, beginning of May, you can you can plant those seeds. Nice warm spot. Um, I'm definitely going to do a bunch of uh, sunflowers out at the garden center this year, around the fence and a few different places because they just they look fabulous. So I'm going to use uh, some of the giant ones. I'm going to try and do a couple different layers of the sunflowers and see if we get a nice uh, sort of hedge going around the couple of the flower beds at the garden center, just to add that. I just think they make you feel good when you see a great big sunflower. It's awesome. Got another text here. Hey, Merle, is it too early to clean up my flower beds? Um, absolutely. You can cut some of the dead stuff off the top and prune some de like broken branches. I would wait. I was out just sort of as the snow melted the last couple of days. I cleaned off the deck and uh, wandered around the flower beds a bit looking seen a few ladybugs and stuff so really you want to let them do their thing keep their shelter for a while and we're probably going to get a bit of cool weather again unfortunately so i would uh i would hold off typically i leave it um until like your hydrangeas things like that i wait and see till you start seeing greed coming out and same with most of my perennials you just wait till you start seeing green coming out of the bottom and then you can break off and, and and clean up from that point on and you can take your carl foresters down but if they're looking kind of sloppy but if they're looking good you can still leave them up i know i'm just sort of looking out the window at mine and most of them still look pretty good so i usually do that sort of mid-april um when you just start seeing them greening up underneath there and and that way you you don't you're not hurting any of the beneficial bugs and different things that are in your flower beds right now and disturbing them for spring and also leaving mother nature's protection in there for case we get that cool weather coming on. So I would just, just hold off on cleaning for a bit as uh, it's still a little bit early. It is only March 14th, but like when days like yesterday, man, oh man, it feels so good and it's kind of a slow melt um, so it's kind of good cause we had lots of snow. So it's, it's nice. The water's going into the, into the flower beds and into your yard nice and slowly, which is really, really good and beneficial to the trees and shrubs. And, uh, which is very, very good for our garden coming up. So when there's lots of moisture in the leaves, uh, in the branches. So when it goes to leaf out here in a few weeks and it is only six days till the first day of spring. So we have another thing going on. I'm going to uh, open the phone lines after this. I think we might have a couple callers, 403-974-8255, if you want to give us a call. And uh, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up, Calgary's best tree and lawn fertilizer. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to go down and we're going to talk to Jen. She's down in the, 
in the tropical house down at Spruce It Up. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning. Good time change morning, Merle. Isn't it nice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm still letting the shock settle in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it because it, it just... Um, it just gives you that light at the end of the, I wish they just left it like this because, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And then that way it's just, uh, at the end of the day, we still have, uh, we'll get a couple hours after work where we're not running around in the dark. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of nice. So, um, the greenhouse look nice and full this week. You guys got lots of great new stuff in. Oh my heavens. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So what, what, what do you have going on down there? Um, well, the, one of the things that has been flying out of here is the flowering plants. I think we all have been talking about that. So uh, we still have some flowering azaleas in right now. Um, yeah. yeah, the calatheas are always my favorite because they're, you know, they're a little more high maintenance, but we have some of those in. My very favorite one is in the rubifarba, which is the velvet calathea. So it's got the nice, yeah. have you, have you touched that one underneath no. on the leaves? You need to come in and try that. Um, okay. Yeah, the string of hearts we have more in. Um, we have really cool ferns in right now. They're the bird's nest fern, but it's the Victoria variety, so they swirl. It's oh, cool. really neat. Yeah, we have a few of those left still that we got in. Um, yeah, we've we've got that. We got a really big fancy shipment in too. I don't know if you were going to talk about yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, can, yeah. You got yeah. You have some hoyas and some different hoyas that are. Typically a little bit harder to get. We yes. we brought some in that were climatized and we repot we repotted them, so they're good to stay in there for a while. But they Absolutely. look they're looking great. They're transitioning beautifully. So yes, we have some really cool ones too. The Australis is one. The Rosita is one that I haven't seen before. That's a really cool Hoya. Um, the Memorial, the Pubicalix Splash is in. Um, one of the plants that we also brought in in that order is the Syngonium. Um, I guess yeah. it's, a, it's called the Red Arrow, did, and that is stunning. And I've got my eyeballs on one. I haven't grabbed it yet, but because I keep buying too many. Um, yeah, with the bright <laughs> red underneath the leaf, it's so pretty. So I love that one that we have in the Monstera Peru, which is a really unique plant, and I think that one's hard to get as well. Um, yeah. That's a that's a cool plant. We had some ladies hovering over those yesterday, um, just with the thickness of the leaf and um, the wrinkled kind of texture of it. Super Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then, so. um, and uh, then, and when we get to our seasonal stuff, I noticed you you started getting a bunch of herbs, seed geraniums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we so. do have. This. Yeah, absolutely, and tomatoes and peppers. Um, we have the cute little. Uh, four inch of the herb mix for it's a tea mix of chamomile and lemon balm and mint which is super cool i think just an easy one pop it in a pot you're good to go um one of the the very favorites that people come in for every year is the regular mint or mojito mint so people are already getting on their mojito mint and getting their plants started (laughs) even if you're not making mojitos it's Mm -hmm. a really it's a great mint for just adding into your just into your ice water and the more you use it, the more it, it, it'll give you. It'll just keep pushing and pushing. And yeah. if you if you transplant it into a good pot, nice soil, yeah. I, I love the mojito mint. It's a it's a giver. It, it'll just give you all kinds of uh, of foliage to use in your in your uh, drinks and whatever else. If you if you do want to make a mojito on the weekend, which is fine, but even throughout the week or whatever, if you and not that having a mojito <laughs> on Tuesdays are wrong, but if you, if you don't feel like yeah, absolutely. 
So no, it's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, any anything else that you want to mention that you got going on? One of the plants that I usually, because we have obviously a lot of our regulars that come in, and I like to show them the candy stick plant that we got in that succulent um, in a four-inch pot as well. Um, I've never seen anything like it. They look like kind of just pencils, of like plant pencils coming out of the soil. And Okay, um, I didn't see those. You have to show me today. You didn't see them? Oh, yeah. I, I have one. I bought one for my sister-in-law. I just, I love that plant. I think it's so cool. And uh so that's a really neat one that we have in. We have so many. Another thing that's been flying out of here is um, our lemons, right? The Myers lemon has just been going. People are, people are doing it. I think you're you're inspiring people, Merle, with your lemon stories. Well, you know what, it, it, and it does feel good. Like I, I finally got mine on a good cycle where I'm not really <clears throat> losing many leaves over the winter time because mm-hmm. they're like a deciduous tree. So a lot of times when they come into and when they get climatized to Canada. They a lot of times when they're in people's houses in the winter time they tend to lose a fair bit of leaves foliage, but I seem to got them on a good cycle. I put mine outside on the deck, um, typically June first until September, and yeah. it just loves it. Like like just so many nice big lemons, and I save some of the seeds this time, and I and I'm growing the seeds. I got five or six germinating, so I'm just trying some of that stuff too that we. You talk about and you you're sitting there cutting your lemon and it's hard not to look down. You see the seeds there. You think, hey, I'm going to try that. So, um, <laughs> and they're, they're pretty easy, right? Just let them dry out for a couple of days and then you just split them open like a sunflower seed. You just take the hard shell off, put them into the soil, and they took a bit. They took about a week and a bit to germinate, but now they're starting to pop out of the soil. So it, it's kind of cool. And then that's uh, awesome. Yeah, trying yeah. to have a bit of fun with that. So, That's all good. right. Um, any any other? I guess, and then also all the raspberries and potatoes, oh, all that heavens. stuff. Yeah, all of it, and even the elephant ears are back. Those bulbs, like all the bulbs that we have in, is out. I was just going through it this morning again too. They're absolutely amazing and stunning. So those are those are back in the black magic elephant ears. I think will be one that those are good. Like those yeah. are nice. Yeah. yeah. No, so. and those I've seen sometimes those been used as a house plant because they kind of look like the alicasa, right? Like mm-hmm. they they have that big foliage. But if yeah. you add those to your annual pots and things like that, oh. it just gives you that tropical flair. Yeah, and and that that's kind of thing. Like even some of the big dahlia bulbs, um, the canna lilies, mm-hmm. things like that. Use that as your uh, your showpiece in your planters, and you can add the petunias and everything around it. Yeah, but it, you sort of get that one or two thing that you can put into your pots that just give it that pow, like just stunning. Just make them look a little different, eh? Yeah, just stunning. So yeah, so all kinds of good things. Awesome. All yeah. right. Well, thanks, Jen, for calling in, it. and uh, I'm going to pop down, and I'm sure a few other people. Make sure you say hi to Jen. Um, she's the one with the big smiley face roaming around the garden center there. So say hi to her and the crew. Um, and if you need any help, they're hopefully there to help you out. So thanks, Jen. Thank you, Merle. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. And that's uh, Jen from down at uh, Spruce It Up, down at the Tropical House. And uh, it, it, at this time of year, it's, just, it's such a great um, vibe. And we had a really good review the other day. This lady put on the thing and just – this, she just had an awesome vibe, and she posted um, about 15, 16 pictures on our Google thing, which is very nice. It was just I love when people do that because um, sometimes we see it all the time, and, and you kind of 
forget about it sometimes about how good things look and and sometimes you don't notice it so it, it just it, it's just nice when when you get that so and i had a couple questions here i got one from john and actually no where else where'd that go um sorry about that actually it is 9 28 i'm gonna take a quick break when i get back we'll definitely hit the phone lines and and whatever else in text you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Mainly sunny and two degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Albertans have until 4 p.m. today to book their AstraZeneca vaccine appointment online or by phone. Supply issues are forcing Alberta Health to slow things down. Anyone born between 1957 to 61 and First Nations, Métis and Inuit people born between 1972 to 76 can book a shot. Another birth year won't be opening until more AstraZeneca vaccine arrives. And Calgary police are looking for missing Armando Mastronardi, who was last seen Saturday morning in the southwest. The man is in his late 80s was seen driving a black 2009 Volkswagen Tiguan SUV. The area he was last seen in was Fish Creek Boulevard and James McKevitt Road southwest. It's believed he is lost and there is concern for his welfare. He's described as 5'7 tall, having a frail build and short white hair. It's two degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Sylvie. Good morning, Sylvie. Hi, Merle. Uh, Hi there. Beautiful day today. Um, I Isn't have a it? problem, and I want to get a jump on it before okay. um, the gardens get going. Is we have a slug problem, and we have a composter uh, on the edge of the garden, and I'm wondering if that makes it worse. Worse, if uh, because we're planning also to get some compost and top dress, so I don't want to compound the problem if uh, the slugs are going to give me a hassle Tip- again this year. No, the, they typically not. Um, um, slugs aren't really associated a lot with with the composting. What okay. it is, it's typically a little too much water. It's a, t- a little too wet or or foliage watering. It seems to really bring them in. So try and water a bit more early morning if you can, okay. and maybe less. Like if uh, maybe just keeping those areas a little bit too wet. Um, okay. We do have the slug bait, which works quite well, or you can add some sharp sand or zeolite, stuff like that. It makes them feel uncomfortable or that diatomaceous earth. Um, just be careful with that stuff because it's a dust and it's a really fine, sharp sand, and it, it can blow in the air a bit and get into you. So you just got to make sure you just be careful when you're using the diatomaceous earth. So Actually, I might go the sand route. Uh, so would it be a playground type sand? Or? No, yeah, you have to you have to find a sharp sand, and that's sharp the harder sand. part around here. So that's where you might try the the zeolite. Um, okay, it, we we have that, and then it's good beneficial for your garden as well, and yeah, it just makes it a little bit more uncomfortable. Then we couldn't find Sorry? it anymore. Yeah, it was it was out for a while, and we we actually got it restocked, Great. rest from Green Harvest. 
Okay. He has the rights to the mine, so he's uh, he's got it bagged up, and we got uh, we have a good supply of it right now. So, okay, well, I'll come and get some zeolite, and I'd rather stay away from the the bait, um, just because I grow yeah, so, things. Yeah, just try and just try and water a little less, like uh, on the foliage. So if you even if you use a drip hose, um, like one of those leaky hoses instead of the yeah. spray hose. Um, that definitely helps because that when you create that environment for them, that's just what they love, right? And and okay. if it's drier, they don't like it, so they won't they won't hang out. So yeah, I'll buy some more of that hose. Ours kind of all disintegrated, so uh, <laughs> we'll get some more of that. So okay, so that gives us a good start because they, they oh. really decimated my garden last year. Oh, I was yeah, we had a lot of that last year, and I don't know if it was just because people were spending more time out there. We kind of you end up doing some because you're bored, so maybe we grab the hose out and we give it yeah. a little extra water or yeah, whatever my, it is. But <laughs> my husband, likes I to noticed do that. that. Um, yeah, I, you- I, we had a. F- all right. Thank you. Now, do you sell Do you sell compost in bags? Because I can't have absolutely brought in. You do. Okay, yeah, great. absolutely. Okay, we'll see you yeah, soon. Yeah, we have it. We have all kinds in sea soil and different things like that. So. Okay. Thank you, Smurl. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to do a quick text here. Um, sort of leads on the same thing. What is the best way to boost or prep your soil in the vegetable garden? There's a few things. We have a really good slow release. Um, um, organic vegetable, you can mix that in. I think it's an 843 or something. Um, it's made by Groundskeeper's Pride. It comes in a, in a bag and you can sprinkle that into your into your garden. You can use our Green It Up lawn fertilizer in the garden too because it has the high middle number so it's good for the roots. So, And another thing, just to get some organic matter, um, Sylvie asked about compost. We have the all kinds of different compost that you can add into your soil. Sea soil is another great amendment. And then in the bulk, we have our Green It Up soil amendment. And it's a manure that we've taken off of the horse track on the north side of town. And it's been processed and shredded and screened. Um, It's beautiful stuff. It almost gives you that little bit of a mulch look on top. Gives you that nice dark soil, nice healthy looking soil. And I like to add three or four inches of that and then just slowly work it into the soil throughout the year and then the nutrients soak in, um, which is a great way to, to build your soil up. I think I get time for one more call before the break. We're going to go to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Hi there. Uh, we Hi. Have, we have some evergreens that we plant. This will be their third summer. And okay. some of them are about two feet high. One is a good four feet high. And I notice they're, they're getting a lot of brown. In fact, their nettles are feeling rather brittle. Um, what are we doing wrong? Um, is it mainly, is it in the center or the whole thing? It's the whole thing. Okay. Um, Chancellor, did you do any kind of tree wells around them? Yes. Okay. Um, typically when I see them kind of go, were they going to go yellowy first and then brown? Yeah, I think they did. Like, yeah. I just became really aware of it the other day when I was out walking amongst them that uh, they're looking a little pathetic. Yeah, and what it is, sometimes if they're planted too deep. Um, so you might want to early spring, as soon as you can work the soil, try and pull some of the soil away from the trunk. Okay. And I always, when I get it, whenever I plant spruce trees, 
I always put the pot one or two inches out of the ground, like the top of the the height. Because okay. if you look at most of the spruce trees in the in the forest, they're typically grown on slopes or things like that. They don't like to be. They, you very rarely see a a spruce in low lying areas and things like that. So I always, okay. even in the big baskets, I'll leave them up two or three inches and then I mound the soil up to them because when when they're bit when they're planted too cheap they they really don't like it and because they have surface roots and so those surface roots have a lot harder time to get out and expand and grow because okay. if they're buried too deep um that's okay. that's almost the number one killer I think when I see people with spruce trees is is they they're typically planted too deep and without tree wells, and then the grass gets in there and kind of competes with it as well. So okay. um, if you can try to raise them up a bit or pull the soil away, create like a big well around them and just pull some of that soil out. Okay, and fertilizer won't help? Um, well, no, because you got to get the roots healthy because it, it's unhealthy right now. It's having a hard time taking up any food because okay. the roots aren't establishing. So once you get that healthy, absolutely, 30-10-10 um, will help green it up. So just, just pull the soil out. And if you need to, you can raise it if you if you have to, if it depends how deep they were buried. Um, but just pulling the soil out um, will make a big difference. Okay. And then fertilize 30-10-10. Great. Okay. Thank you for your help. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And it is a beautiful morning out there, sun shining, uh, just looks awesome. Great day to get outside, go for a walk, check out the garden. You still don't want to do too much in your garden. If you have those big piles of snow, <clears throat> you can still do a little bit of snow farming where it has melted already. Steal a few shovels and put them over to the, to the sunny side of your house and put along the foundation and just add a little bit more water underneath your spruce trees things like that um, will be very beneficial get a little bit more water into there and i'm going to go to the phone line we're going to chat with lorraine good morning lorraine good morning um, hi there how can how can i help you i have two old lilacs um they're not the vulgaris i believe they're perhaps miss kim i bought them approximately 25 years ago Okay. And the problem is they're they're very full at the top, but the bottom three four feet they're all just twigs. So okay. if I cut them down, but I don't see any more buds, are are they going to uh, rejuvenate or? Yeah, you you can actually take those right down to the ground. Like you can oh. take them to like three or four inches, mm-hmm. and it'll just send out all kinds of new growth come out from the bottom. Oh, and okay. if you de- if you decide to do that, it's 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 a great way to rejuvenate um, old shrubs that just get a bunch of old deadwood and stuff in them. Yeah, um, yeah that's the vacuum that so, we have. Yeah, so just take them right down to the ground, water them well, and then fertilize like with a ten fifty, ten fifty two ten or fifteen thirty fifteen one of those ones, and then that'll just help push a lot of growth up. But just ensure it's getting good water when you start when it warms up like early May and that when they're starting to leaf out 
and it'll send it'll send out all kinds of new growth for you. And what were the fertilizer numbers again? Uh, fifteen thirty fifteen. Or ten fifty two ten. You want some of the higher middle number just to really push the roots and and push the nutrients up into it. So, and I can cut them right down to about four inches. You said four. To yeah, six. yeah, right down to the ground. Okay, it's a little nerve wracking at first when you first it do it, but <laughs> once you once you see the results, though, um, it, it's pretty awesome because I do that with lots of uh, nine barks, uh, any of the. Any of those little shrubs that die back like that, it just it's so nice to just see that growth pop up and and look super healthy for you. So All right. Thank you so much. All right, you're very welcome. And where am I at for time? I'm good. I'm going to go to Doreen. Good morning, Doreen. Good morning. Hi there. How can Hi I there. help you? Yes. I have a cactus that okay. uh, oh it's um it looks absolutely gorgeous. It's nice and green, but it does not want to bloom. It's, okay. uh, it's in an eight-inch pot, and it's actually quite big now, but it just wants to keep growing more leaves. Is it a, is it a Christmas cactus type thing that, that typically will bloom? or? Yes. Okay. Um, do you feed it with anything? Uh, I've used the... Uh, the cactus fertilizer on it. Okay. And I, yeah, so, actually, I actually put it down out of the light for a couple of months and uh, brought it up. Yeah. And uh, now, like I say, it's uh, it's just uh, starting I, to grow more leaves. Yeah. So what I would do, and with that cactus fertilizer, it doesn't really have a lot of the middle numbers. So what I would do is put it into a good sunny location and then I'd get a, a fertilizer fifteen thirty fifteen, like our green it up fifteen thirty fifteen, right? With a high middle number, and you, and if it's in a good bright light, you should definitely see some blooms. And and with that fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay, I did use a bit of of that on it, and then I thought, oh, maybe I'm not doing this right. <laughs> maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll it'll take a couple times because, and then it has to be the certain light cycle. Mine's actually. I'm. I'm just starting my third round. I'm. A, I'm amazed. It bloomed just before Christmas again at Christmas, and now it's just starting to bloom again. Like it's. Um, but we have, I have it in a south window. Um, I do feed it with the fifteen thirty fifteen or twenty twenty twenty, and and. But I. I just think it's maybe just could use a bit more light, and then definitely that fertilizer build up some phosphate into okay. the soil, and then that will help get it blooming. Okay, because. It used to it used to bloom, and I don't know why it's decided it's not going to bloom. And a lot of times it does that because if if it um, it just runs out of nutrients too, right? Right. Of the phosphate for growing, and the fertilizer you're using doesn't have very much phosphate in it. Okay. The numbers on it aren't aren't blended for blooming, so you just need a little bit more specific blooming fertilizer. Oh, well, that's good. I will try that. Okay, and make sure you let me know, Doreen, okay? Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. I got quite a few texts on the go and got a couple of gentlemen on the line. We're going to go to Gerald. Good morning, Gerald. Hello. Hello there. How can I help you? Um, I'm wanting to plant a vegetable garden, but I don't have very good soil. Okay. Is this in the ground or? Hello, Gerald? Gerald? I think I'm losing you there, Gerald. So I don't know if we want to maybe try calling back on on a different line. We have a bad connection. <laughs> Let's go. Do you want to just hang up on him, Carolyn, and he can call back, hopefully? Okay, and I'm going to go to Earl. Good morning, Earl. Merle, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Merle, good, I, got some garden, I got some garden plots, Merle, and a lot of soil blows out on me in the fall, like in the winter. Yeah. And I want to put that uh, soil, I think you call it the green it up soil amendment. Yeah. It's the stuff with yeah. the horse manure in it. Yeah. Okay. Do you sell that in bags? I know you sell it in bulk, but... Yeah, no, we have the self-serve bags where you, you can, we can fill, like, you can fill the bags up and take oh, it that way, but I don't sell it um, in bags. We're looking at, we're looking at getting it bagged, but there's a bit of a process to that, but we are looking at, at bagging that soil, so we're okay, in the process, can, it's not there yet. I can move, I can bag it up there and move it around without spilling it all over, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Now, when I put, can I fertilize when I mix that in with my soil, or do I wait till I seed? Um, no, you can add your 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 granular fertilizer at the same time. You can add, okay. a, and then work that all into the soil. Start feeding the soil. Absolutely. Okay. And fifteen thirty fifteen. Um, that's the liquid. If I'm doing for a veggie garden, what I would do is I would add. Um, I would add more like the groundskeeper's pride, like the vegetable granular fertilizer, and okay. then just mix that right in. You just sprinkle it in, and then just turn it over with a rake or a or a fork or something like that. Work that into the soil, and okay. it's a slow release. And uh, okay. I, that's what I would use. And then you can you can supplement later in the season with the water soluble, like with the fifteen okay. thirty fifteen, sure. when they're already growing. And then you can okay. definitely supplement with that. Okay. Merle, what's that called again? I'm sorry, what's it called? It's a groundskeeper's pride. It's the it's the vegetable fertilizer. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'll be and up you, it's, days. Okay, look forward to it. Thanks, Earl. Thanks, Merle. Bye bye. Take care, bud. Bye bye. All right. I'm gonna do a few texts. Um where are we at here? My old evergreens have a carpet of dead needles underneath the trees. Should I rake them or should I leave them? Um I definitely should leave them, and that's Mother's Nature's way of creating protection. So all those, when we were talking about slugs and things like that, slugs aren't going to affect your spruce trees, but the same premise is that the spruce tree drops those needles down. It helps mend the soil the way it likes it, but also it protects it from the weevils and things that climb up into your spruce trees to eat them. So it makes it really uncomfortable for them to crawl through that. And it's sort of re replicating the forest floor on that. So if you get lots, you can add mulch in there. That makes it that sort of makes it look a little bit better underneath there. But I always say if you can try to leave the needles and 
and things like that. Just mix them in and and just do them with uh, bark mulch and that, and that looks a little bit better. And uh, and it just sort of helps helps the trees get what it needs. And sort of as those decompose, it gives the nourishment that the that the spruce trees like. And I'm going to go to a couple more texts here. We have a gap in our trees, and we have a gap in our trees and plants that we'd like to fill. See, pick below. We have a six-foot fence. We'd like to add a few plants in the area above and provide a bit more privacy. The, air, air, uh, the area is a utility right away, so we can't plant large pre-growing. Any suggestions? Yeah, it, it's a tough. So definitely in those type of areas, there's some really good – gladiator crab is a really nice one. It'll give you that good privacy – um, Rosthern crab apple is a good one. Ivory silk lilacs are great um, for that, and uh, and all these like when I say crab apple, they're an ornamental crabs. So you get very few apples <coughs> that are messy. They're small, and typically the birds and that will will eat them. I see you got bird feeders in there, so they're a great one for for filling gaps and in different spots um, for that. Um, type of area to just to give you that little bit more privacy because they're more of a crown shape they go up and then they narrow and then the vase expands so they they work really well for for those kind of areas and uh there we go a couple more questions here good morning i have a uh, in regards to low flow irrigation i plan to install in a do-it-yourself irrigation from lee valley if you have a resource as opposed to answering questions that would be great i have Two perennial beds that face east. Which is the which is Loch Daylily spireas? The other is juniper mugos located under large spruce. My question is: Should I use drip lines or porous hose? The drip lines work actually good if you have individual shrubs. So if you are doing irrigation, if they're planted all fairly close together and you have a lot of plants, the soaker hose works great because it'll just soak into the soil and they'll spread out. If you're doing um, shrubs that are spaced sort of like four or five feet apart then i would use the emitters at each one <laughs> it makes uh makes a big difference because then it just gets that water into those areas and uh, and go from there but if you're doing like a hedge the leaky hose is great the one that just uh, leaks out the sides but i just looked at the clock i gotta take a quick break for the news you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Mainly sunny and 4 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Time is running out to book an appointment for the AstraZeneca vaccine. That's if any appointments are left. You have until 4 p.m. today to book online or by calling 811. After 4 o'clock, you must call HealthLink to book your AstraZeneca appointment. Supply issues are forcing Alberta Health to wind things down. Currently, anyone born between 1957 and 1961 and First Nations, Métis and Inuit people born between 1972 to 76 can book a shot. Another birth year will not be opening until more AstraZeneca vaccines arrive. In an update yesterday, Alberta reported 474 new cases of COVID-19 and five additional deaths. There are currently 254 people in hospital with the virus, 35 in ICUs. The executive director of the Canadian Public Health Association says it's unlikely there is any way to change what he calls a patchwork quilt of approaches 
across the country when it comes to determining who gets priority for the COVID-19 vaccine. Ian Culbert says health care is a provincial responsibility and it's unlikely to change. I don't know that there's a solution, unfortunately, without a new understanding uh, between the federal government and the province and territories around the role of the federal government during pandemics and generally speaking for public health. Several groups, groups include police, prison guards, teachers and community doctors want to be bumped up to phase two after frontline health workers and the elderly are taken care of. Ontario's vaccine booking system, which includes an online portal and phone line, is set to go live tomorrow morning. Premier Doug Ford says older residents will be able to schedule their shots starting at 8 a.m. It is only to book vaccine appointments for those 80 years of age or older. So if you're born in the year of 1941 or earlier, they're the only people or their loved ones booking the appointments for them. The province says vaccines will be offered to other age groups starting in April when its immunization drive enters phase two. A new literacy program has launched in Alberta that aims to get young students back on track. After a tumultuous academic year of students switching from in-person to online learning, the instability is, causing, is concerning parents and educators. Michelle Henderson feels that her children have missed out on crucial learning time. I have three kids and I do feel like they did have a loss of learning. I feel like it was so last minute when everything went online that the teachers didn't have time to prepare and the students didn't have time to adjust to a new schedule. The new voluntary literacy program is designed to help students improve their reading skills, especially those in grades one to three who have been most impacted by school closures. And chasing the northern lights is growing popularity in Alberta. More and more people are venturing out in the middle of the night to see the Aurora Borealis. As Global's Phil Darlington reports, COVID is a big reason why. Oh, yes, yes. It's oh, this the first one. one, this second. Yeah, I see it, yeah. For Steph Donaher and her friend, chasing the Aurora is somewhat a new experience. I've been seeing people post their photos and I kind of wanted to come out and do it for myself. And I got couple good photos so far. <laughs> I'm just new to it. Turns out she is one of many. The Alberta Aurora Chasers group has seen a surge in new members recently, sitting close to 40,000 right now and growing. We're also in a period of time where people are really looking for something to do, right? They've been, we've all been stuck at home for the last year and Aurora gives you a really good opportunity to go out, be in nature, and, and see something that's really, really amazing. The desire to get out of the house has meant places like Elk Island National Park have seen a surge in after-dark traffic. Phil Darlington, Global News. And just a reminder that daylight savings time begins this weekend. As we spring forward, if they haven't already done so, people should turn their clocks ahead one hour. Global News Sky Tracker weather a high of 14 degrees today with mainly sunny conditions. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 2 degrees. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy and a high of plus 6. It's 4 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs. Phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And that is the talk and text line. We got a quick text here. We have a new house on the farm and we now need to create our yard. 
how do we best prepare the soil and what is the best lawn seed to provide? We're up in the Didsbury area. I, I would do, if you just get a good screened loam, like if it's just for your grass, um, you don't really need to use a specific garden mix or anything like that. Good, good six, eight inches of, of the good topsoil that you can get in Alberta, which we're lucky enough by Didsbury, you should have lots of that. And then I always like, spray paint out where I'm doing my flower beds. And in that area, before I put the grass in, we, we will add a garden mix into those things. So something with some compost, some some sphagnum moss, um, cocoa moss, um, manures or compost, something like that. Just so that way it's you're able to it's easier access doing it um, before you do your grass seed. And if you're gonna do seed, I would just look for a good blend of of Kentucky blue that's what does best in our area so whether it's uh from up in that area there's there's um, you'll have to go to even if you go to your local the UFA or the garden center up in that area and you can just ask for a good blend of of Kentucky bluegrass is what you want and some of them are mixing in a fescue now which is a little bit more drought tolerant so and then when you do your lawn i i go about 100 pounds per acre so figuring out that, that gives you a good germination rate. And uh, just make sure you, you harrow it a couple times after, get the seed down nice and deep, and then just keep it wet. If it if the budget permits, I would definitely recommend doing sod uh, for the first 20 to 30 feet out from the house. It just gives you that instant grass. In a couple of weeks, you'll be mowing it and this gets the mud and everything out from the house. Because seeding your lawn, it's a bit of a long process. Like it's a couple months in before you're you're actually mowing grass and you just and you're trying to keep it wet. And if you have dogs or kids or anything, trying to keep people off of it is always a bit of a challenge. So anyways, I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Mim. Good morning, Mim. Good morning. Uh, Hi good, there. Good morning. I'd like to know where your garden center is. I'm interested in, in grass. I want to improve my backyard grass. Yeah, you can just, uh, we're right on McLeod Trail and 210th Ave. So if you're coming down McLeod Trail, and we, they just put a new inter intersection in, and there's some big orange signs that uh, say spruce it up, turn right onto 210. Or if you're coming from Okotoks, you'll turn left. Um, but each way, we're on the west side of 210th Avenue and McLeod Trail. Okay. And is uh, that Kentucky blue uh, grass seed uh, good for my lawn as well? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great one. We we carry the Manderlees. It's the same one that we have in our sod. So it's the same blend. It's a great one. So it works really well. Thank you very much. All right. We look forward to seeing you. Yep. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Some flower pots at my front door, and I heard you say calla lilies. I didn't write the rest down. <coughs> yeah. So a couple of the ones, so a lot of times in your pots, you go with th uh, thriller, spiller, and filler. So for filler or for thrillers, um, like canna lily is a good one, like with a, with an N, canna lily. Uh -huh. Those are great ones for the middle. Um, a lot of people are using even some of the tropical plants in the in the center, um, just to give you that thing, or some of the ornamental shrubs. The seasonal hydrangeas can be used in the middle. 
or even some of the grass. Hydrangeas. Yeah, um, they make great centerpieces for for some of your big pots. But one of the ones like the canna lily is one of my favorite. It just it gives you that really nice show. Looks good. Um, and I've got about oh, probably about a fifteen inch pot. Is that about right? Um, yeah, that's uh, that. You wouldn't want to go any smaller than that. Um, good. Because by the time you put the canna lily in there and a couple other things, um, by the by the time August comes around, you're almost out of soil and and that used up all the nutrients and just fertilize once a week yeah 15 30 15 with all your pots it makes a huge difference and uh and that should work fine for you thank you thank you all right have a great, have a great day. one bye-bye bye-bye all right and i think i might as well do i'll go to kim on the phone line good morning kim hey good morning i was just calling that birch leaf miner does it start out as a larva at the base of the tree Yes, yeah. So it, it's just more of a fly. It flies up. Oh, it's a fly. Yeah. Oh, so okay. uh, sometimes we use that tango foot pace on as well. And it'll catch some of them when they're flying up <coughs> or they crawl up. Depends on which way they decide to travel. But then they get into the into the new leaves. But we do do an injection. Um, we, we're, a, we're one of the triazon um, dealers or or applicators in this area. So we we'll, we drill a hole and then we put in, we inject in a systemic insecticide into it and usually get a residual of uh, one to two years on it. So Yeah, this is a city tree, so people don't treat city trees. But I was just wondering, like you had mentioned about, um, you know, for the slugs, that if you put that uh, silica or something down, so you couldn't put something at the base of the tree to dis- discourage the um, bugs? Yeah, it, and with with the birch leaf miner, and and it, even if it's a city tree, it doesn't hurt if we if we give it a little extra water, and Rage Plus. So anybody listening, if you have Rage Plus, um, they love like birch trees love that stuff. Like it, I've seen it respond and and dis, it gets them healthy. So if you get your birch tree healthy, or if it's a city tree, you get it healthy. Um, it's able to fight off the birch leaf miner a lot better and things like that. Um, oh. But so many city trees, like when they put those higher maintenance trees in the parks or boulevards or areas, they they just don't get the care they need, right? They need that little extra. And a lot of times the city trees, just they're not getting the water and things that they need. Okay, thank you. Hopefully that helps. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think if we all went out and pitched in and helped some of our city trees around the city, it would definitely make a big difference. And because uh, especially on those, uh, on the medians and things like that, where you see those trees, those poor trees are out there, and they just get no water at all. By the time of August, they're they're done. So, all right. Thank you, Kim. Yep, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And that is the talk and text line. I'm going to go to the text line. Hi, I'm wondering about fruit trees. We are thinking of putting an apple or pear tree on the corner of our back where, of our backyard. Wondering about needing a second pollinator. Most of the time, if you're in the city, there's so many other trees around. Typically, that will get uh, the the bees will do their job. Um, but some of them you you do need like uh, nanking cherries. Those work as a good pollinator. Uh, purple leaf sand cherry. I would definitely, and a lot of the romance series, they're self-pollinating, like a lot of the the sour cherries and things like that. 
are are self pollinating. Um, and apples and and the pear that you mentioned, they like most of them. I wouldn't worry too much about them. Like you're going to get um, pollinators within the area that will will definitely pollinate those pear trees and the apple trees. And there's so many good varieties of apples and pears that will grow really, really well in our area. And uh, I know we have a, a lot of a lot of fruit trees coming out of the nursery, and they're going to be uh, in there early this spring. So I know I planted a really nice pear last last fall. Looking forward to it. Nice thing with some of these ones, you get really, really nice fall colors on those. So, um, and 15, 30, 15 with any of your fruit trees. And here I got a text. Hi, I have a hibiscus that is nice and leafy this year after a couple of years of almost dying. How can I get it to bloom? Um, on that one, good light. They like 15, 30, 15 to help get them to bloom. And then as a maintenance fertilizer, they do like the 30, 10, 10, a little bit more acidic. So you can do that. So just get into a good, good light. Don't keep it too wet. Let it dry out in between waterings and then fertilize with 15, 30, 15. And you should see that uh, hibiscus get blooming. It's just got to get cons consistency. You're getting it nice and um, healthy and it looks great. So that should work well for you. Hi, another text here. Hi, I live in Cochrane. I'm looking for an evergreen tree or tall hedge for the perimeter of our backyard. I was specifically looking at Taylor Juniper or Skybound Arboretum. I would um, I would probably stay away from all of those if you're trying to do a hedge, especially out in Cochrane. Um, the larger junipers, I would probably go more to a columnar spruce. Um, we do have the... It's it's called a and um, North Pole spruce. It's a green spruce, but it's a columnar spruce. Grows nice, tight, um, goes sort of straight up. It's like a juniper, but it's hardy, and it's it's uh, North Pole. And we'll have lots of them. I bring quite a few in for people to do hedges. Um, it's one that we suggest. Um, I just that the arboretums, like a lot of the the cedars and that, they're just the, just our winters, the dryness, our Chinooks, just do them in in this area. Where up in Edmonton, you'll see them grow like crazy. They just don't get the Chinooks and that that we have. And this, that winter desiccation does them in. So give that a try. Try the, the North Pole spruce. It's, it's a great one. Merle, have you ever heard of using a can of stale beer in a pie plate to collect slugs? Absolutely. That's another good one. I forgot about that. Haven't had any stale beer lately. So, um, so I would, uh, yeah, you can definitely try that. They call it the beer pub. So you get like a metal pie plate. You you sort of bury the bottom part so it just sits on the, on the same level as the ground. And then you fill that up with beer. And then the slugs go in there and they head to the pub. So it's called a pub slug or a slug pub. So give that a try. That's another way of uh, of getting rid of those nasty slugs. I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me again, phone lines are open 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Green It Up. 
Calories best tree and lawn fertilizer. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. And uh, we just launched that service. You'll probably start hearing our commercials on there. Um, we're going to bring the green it up right to your house. We will fertilize your lawn and your trees for you. So we, we've offered the combo package for the trees and shrubs. So if you're looking to get that done, uh, just go to our website. There's a link there you can click on. And then we'll get you some pricing and uh, get you set up for the season. And going to go through a few texts. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255, if you'd like to join me. Um, got a few texts. We are looking at expanding our flower beds. The soil in the current beds are hard and dry. We are planning on adding loam. What else? We mentioned this a couple times. If there's, You want to get organic matter, and they're down in Tabor. So if you have access to any aged com or aged compost or manures, you just got to be really careful with the manures. If it's too fresh, it'll burn a whole bunch of your plants. And you only want to add about 20% manure into your soil. But good garden loam is great. That's a good one. Um, if you can get any of the cocoa fiber is good. Or if down there, if there's any of the um, hemp, available the hemp fiber it's a great soil amendment it uh, it breaks down a lot slower than the typical peat moss so I, I really like using the cocoa moss or the hemp um, the cocoa moss is a coarser um, fiber coarser product and they're both more renewable resources than the, than the, than the peat moss so if you want to use that they work really good and also I got a couple more texts to, to go on with this warm weather, when will the weevils move from the ground up to our spruce trees? Have you ever heard of Vaseline on the spruce trees to stop weevils? Actually, I've never heard of that. Um, I would probably try that or the Tanglefoot paste. And that's one thing we haven't talked a lot about, like for the weevils. The Tanglefoot would probably work really well. Um, you wrap a paper, um, wrap around, your, around the bark first, and then apply the Tanglefoot paste. And when the weevils crawl up, they get caught up into it. So actually, that's a, probably a good one to give that a try, um, the the weevil. Because we used to have a great product for it, and it was a systemic. But they've taken all the systemics off of the market. So, But you can try that Tanglefoot paste and or Vaseline. Give that a try. I haven't heard of that one, but I guess it, it could work in a similar way um, and see if that works. Uh got a couple more <laughs> um good morning merle great show as always thank you so much now that spring is on the way um we have a lot of horse poop a lot lol how much do i mix into our garden in the back and so the main thing um and it, this is from brian it's it's again making sure it's aged and and you just don't want to put too much of the fresh stuff in there and I kind of mentioned earlier a little bit, I would add about 20% um, sort of thing, not a lot more than that. And, and if you're if you're able to get any more of the just good compost is good. Sea soil is another great one or our green it up. But if you have the horse manure, just ensure, Brian, that it's aged a couple of years. Because if you put it on too raw, like I said, it'll, uh, it'll definitely – um, burn a lot of your plants and things like that, which you don't want to do. And 
I got a couple more texts here. I'm going to my outdoor palms thrive this winter in the garage. I was able to pick a year up my year supply of green is up up recently, but forgot to ask what to use on the palms. Um, I would use like a 202020. Um, it's a great foliage fertilizer, and and it works well for for those. Yeah, they look great. Palms are actually pretty hardy. You'll see them growing in, even in some of like like in um, Vancouver or different places like that. Um, so there's some hardy palms that you can use, and and then using them in your flower pots, it just gives that tropical feel to your to your pots out in the yard. And it makes you feel like you're on a bit of a vacation right here in sunny Alberta, which is kind of nice. And again, I got a couple more texts. Uh, Hi, Merle. Looking for some guidance on pruning a Manitoba maple in my front yard. Lower branches are growing up as high and upper branch. Prune the branches where they bend. Also wondering what is the best time to prune? The maples, yeah, you, you can't prune them unless they're broken, damaged, or diseased, um, they should be pruned after they fully leaf out. Otherwise, they'll they'll drip like crazy. So you, you'll want to wait till they're after they're leafed out, unless there's some broken branches and things like that. You can try a couple, pruned a couple smaller ones. I'm not, the Manitoba maple isn't as bad because it's not really a true maple. It's more of an elder. So you should be okay with that if it is a Manitoba maple. Another reminder is on our elm trees. We can only prune until the end of this month, and then you can no longer prune your elm trees um, to help prevent the Dutch elm disease. So if you have any elm trees you, you, you need pruning, you want to make sure that you get those into the queue at uh, one of your pruning guys, if you have an arborist that you use. I know Mark has quite a few lined up that they're looking after, and nothing nicer than a well-pruned elm. Like, just, they look so good. And I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Mainly sunny and 4 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Albertans have until 4 p.m. today to book their AstraZeneca vaccine appointment online or by phone. Supply issues are forcing Alberta Health to slow things down. Anyone born between 1957 to 61 and First Nations, Métis and Inuit people born between 1972 to 76 can book a shot. Another birth year won't be opening until more AstraZeneca vaccine arrives. And Calgary police are looking for a missing Armando Mastronardi, who was last seen Saturday morning in the southwest. The man in his late 80s was seen driving a black 2009 Volkswagen Tiguan SUV. The area he was seen in was Fish Creek Boulevard and James McEvitt Road southwest. It is believed he is lost and there is concern for his welfare. He's described as 5'7 tall, having a frail build and short white hair. It's four degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go to the phone lines. And we're going to chat with John number one. I have two Johns in line. We're going to go with John. Good morning, John. Good morning, Merle. I'm, uh, hey, how can I help you? Well... 
I got some tomato plants from Erie last year, and they all did very well, but it takes them so long to get any fruit. And somebody was telling me that if I put them in, uh, grow them in big black pots and have them raised up or in a raised bed, that they... They they grow uh, the, they fruit faster because they don't get cold at night like they. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. No, they love being if they're in a nice big black pot makes a big difference. And again, try and start them a, maybe a little bit earlier if you can get get them in going. Well, um, I've, I've nice experimented sunny. for years in the, doing the same thing, uh, getting them early and the, and then at night putting them in the garage. And buying little ones to big ones, and it didn't seem to make any difference on the fruit. They all grew up lots of uh, foliage, more than I want, but the fruit would and again, what fertilizer? Come, what fertilizer are you using, John? Um, it's the uh, tomato food uh, I, I bought from you people. I think it's 15, okay. 1530. Yeah, 1530, 15. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other, yeah, tomato foods. Um, and I'm trying to think back in the summer, I typically get my fruit, it starts coming in August, like sort of July, late July, August sort of thing. And I I felt, I'll be honest, I kind of felt the same thing. Like I, I thought they, I thought I would have fruit a bit earlier. Um, but typically by the time they grow and one thing you can try is, is maybe, let them get a little bit more root bound in the, in the smaller pots before you transplant them. Because um, if they're stressed out a bit, if they get too big a pot, they don't need to produce anything, right? Because they have all the soil to grow, they kind of can go crazy like that. So maybe sometimes putting them in too big of a pot um, will will delay the fruit process because they, like you said, they typically will produce fruit when they feel stressed out to reproduce. So, but if they have all the great soil, sometimes we make it too nice for them, and then they don't need to. Well, as I say, once once they're doing, they're growing, and the, they're, uh, especially the, the the cherries, they they're just there's tons of them. But I use the this better boy and better girl and uh, uh, the uh, large um, uh, big reds or something they're called. And uh, once they're growing, there's lots of fruit. But uh, my friends in the Okanagan are eating their tomatoes in July, and I'm. <laughs> yeah, well, in, they're quite a bit ahead of us at those warmer nights and things like that. So put them into pots. You should see a big difference. Put them in the hottest, warmest location you have. Yeah, so and maybe next to the house. And... Yeah, perfect. And and maybe put a couple plants in each pot. Um, get them root bound a little bit sooner. And uh, and then that will help with the fruiting, and uh, hopefully get them doing a little bit earlier. Because I know I'm going to try a little bit smaller pot. I had one plant in a 20 gallon pot, and I just think it was a little bit too big. So I'm going to try something a little bit smaller and see if I can force them a little like, bit. Like earlier. about what size? Like a, I guess a 15 gallon pot. That's about what? Uh, how big is that across? That's. It's about uh, 15, 16 inches. Okay, yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah, so that should be perfect. And then just use our good potting soil, and you should be fine. Well, give it another try. Nice and deep. All right. All right. Thanks, thank John. You. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to David. 
Good morning, David. Morning. My wife likes to hang flower pots on the front deck, but the problem is uh, it tr- attracts ants. Is there anything we've done to eliminate the ant issue? Um, yeah, there's a couple things. Um, a couple guys, listeners in the past have, re- have recommended. It's called the Ant Hotel. And so what they have is that you just fill a pot, an empty pot with soil, and you just sit it out there where the ants are. And then the one ant will start going in there, and then all of them will form, and they'll go in there and sort of create like an ant farm inside that pot. And uh, and then you can just take them away and move the whole ant population somewhere else. Is so one you, thing. Just an empty pot? Yeah, filled with soil. And then oh, leave, but make soil. sure it has the big holes in the bottom, and yeah. then the ants go in there because it's nice and warm, and then they kind of create that ant hill in that area. Okay. And from what I understand, it works quite well. There is some other like sprays you can use, like we have the ant foam, the ant spray, the ant out. There's a there's quite a few different products you can use. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you can try that when it's kind of fun. You can either drop it off at your best friend's house or uh, take it out <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. All right. Yeah. Let, let me know, David. That'd be kind of interesting. So. Okay. All thank right. you. Yeah. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat with John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning down there. Hey, how are you, sir? Yeah, you were telling people uh, how, to, how to find you. I was thinking, if you go south on McLeod Trail and you end up in Lethbridge, you've gone too far. <laughs> no, absolutely. But they did put a new road, and once they get a new access road for us, which is actually kind of nice, but if you, if you do miss it, you can go in on our on the far south end of our property, they've left that access road open as well. But oh, they put they the have. new 210, and it's actually quite nice. It's um, Then we have our own. The old 210 is turned into strictly our access road, so it's kind of nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. No, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Anyway, I was uh, wondering, when do I trim my or cut down my, uh, I guess, cut off my Carl Forrester? Yeah. No, right if you, you can do that now if you want. I typically wait until mid-April. Like, if they still look good, if they're not sort of floppy and stuff like that, some of mine have been buried under snow, so they they don't look good. But some of them that are just looking, they still look. Because they kind of look nice in the winter, like they blow in the wind and things like that. So I, until I start seeing a little bit of green underneath, I, I, I typically leave them for a while. So. Oh, Okay. And yeah, ladybugs. You, if, do you bring in the ladybugs? Yeah, we usually do, but there's all of the suppliers are telling us there's a shortage this year. So we're it doesn't sound like anybody's going to get any. And and because we just want to always ensure we get the ones. There's a couple of varieties. Um, some of the ones you can get, but they they fly away right away. So you we we that. always get the proper ones that that they'll stick around and and eat and do their thing. So. But from what I understand, this year um, our our ladybug supplier called and said there's a major shortage. I'm not too sure 
what has caused that problem, if it's uh, more gardening people in the States or, or what it is, but these, they haven't explained to us why there's a shortage. I'd like to find out. So, Okay, why I ask is because in spring cleaning, I think you were saying that you should not start uh, right away uh, cleaning up all your stuff because you might have a, a few ladybugs or... Oh, and you will have. Right now they're nesting. They're just waking up. They're still pretty slow. Like the couple that I seen in my yard yesterday, they're just like, they're still pretty dormant. Like they're really slow moving. Like they're just waking up. And so if you start cleaning up, a lot of them will be stuck to the bottom of the leaves or, or things that you clean up out of the garden and you'll lose all those beneficial bugs. Yes, yeah, so that should be again, what, uh, April, mid April to uh, get serious yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, sort of when you start seeing everything sprouting up from the ground, depending on what our weather does, but typically mid April um, is typically when we can start doing a good cleanup. Okay, and then the topsoil replacement, you say every year we should take our bit off the top. Like I have the yeah, raised. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to add some. Um, um, it amends your soil every every spring. Makes a big difference. And you you seem to have two or three different uh, suggestions. Yeah, we have it in the bulk. You can use the green it up soil enhancer, or if you have smaller areas like the sea soil, um, compost, um, some of the manures um, work well. Or sometimes just adding the cocoa moss, depending on what you've done in the past and and what you're trying to grow, um, makes all the difference. Yeah, last year I think I got a lot of your uh, good uh, soil. So, nice. uh, do I need? Should I do that every year? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. Good to Thank hear you from you. Too. Thanks, Mary. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to the phone lines again and talk with Brian. Good morning, Brian. Hello. Hello, Brian. Yeah, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How can I help uh, you? Yeah, hi. Yeah, I live in a pretty windy area here, and uh, the last person on the property didn't plant a lot of trees to slow the wind down. Is there uh, certain kind of trees that uh, work best for that? Yeah, what you kind of want to do, yeah, (laughs) if you want to create like a a wind, like a shelter belt, um, a lot of people use, uh, you can do three rows of trees is sort of, they have a standard recipe, is the the Velocia lilacs, you put those sort of closest to the house. Write that down. What is it? Lilacs? Like a Velocia lilac. And uh, those work. Those are your, and you put those fairly tight together. And then in your next row, you can do spruce trees. Okay. And then in the last row behind them, you either do um, some of the different poplar varieties, um, like the Bylands poplar, the Tristis poplar, or you can do the the willows, any of the like laurel leaf or golden willows. Um, Okay. You're sort of yeah. trying to layer it so when the wind hits it, it sort of goes over top. And right. then the, the lilacs block the lower part, and then the spruce block it as well. So, Okay, um, what's happening right now is on the west side, it's uh, carraganas, like pretty thick carraganas. Yeah. And actually, I'm glad that they are there because they do work fairly good. 
but yeah. in the winter it's not as good, but at least there's something, right? So maybe if I just put a few more layers of trees on the other yep. side of those caraganas, that should solve That'll definitely help out. Absolutely. Yep, put a row of those big poplars in behind. Okay. Um, and uh, if you need any help with that, you can come visit us in the tree lot. We do lots of that big planting. So Actually, I live out in uh, Bruce area here. Okay. Bruce, just outside Edmonton, sort of, about an hour outside Edmonton. And, okay, uh, yeah, and there's lots of good nurseries up there, so. Yeah, I'll have to find it. So, I know I shouldn't say this, but it seems that uh, trees are... Uh, Trees are a four-letter word out here. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's avoided them, eh? <laughs> oh, God, they friggin' chop them all down. I mean, I'm looking out my window, and, I mean, I got a few here and there, but next, next to nothing, across eh? the field is, like, well, almost half a mile before there's a next set of trees, right? And, uh, ah. You know, that's well, the farmland. Well, but, maybe you'll start a trend. Yeah, well, actually. But did you mention manure there? Like, I was looking over the fence, and there's, like, all kinds of cattle manure over there. I could yeah. just maybe dig up some of that and bring it over here and put it yeah, into my and if garden. Yeah, if it's as long as it's aged, for sure. Like, you want stuff that's a couple years old. So maybe just if you want to get a pile of it first, turn it okay. over a few times all and right. let it age. Yeah, all but right. absolutely add that into the soil. If it, if they've been laying out, like, this cow patties for, for the whole winter, they yeah, probably aged. Winter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. probably aged really well. So just just add some of those into the soil, and you should be fine. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Comfort. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. <laughs> Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go to the phone lines and going to speak with Gord. Good morning, Gord. Merle, how are you doing this morning? Good, good. How are you? Just fine. I'm calling you from the desert down here in Medicine Hat. Okay. So everything we grow, we're growing it in the sand. And yes. uh, l- last year, listening to your show, you had... You mentioned a product that uh, I could put on my trees to give them a kickstart, and I forgot the name of that, and it works amazing. I mean, I had a tree that sat for three years, and I when I finally put this stuff on it, I got more growth out of that tree in four months than I did in three years. Do you recall what that product yeah, might it was? Yeah, it was probably Rage Plus, I would oh, guess. Oh, okay. Was it a yeah. black product, you know, like kind of a, when you poured it out, it looked like a liquid molasses? Yeah, that's, yeah, okay. So Rage Plus. Yeah, and you should be able to get it at the garden centers down there. Okay. And Alrighty. I can use that because I've got two apple trees too. Can I use that on those? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Perfect. You just Rage might want to fertilize a bit after with a bit of a trace element, but the, the rage plus should be fine. Uh, sometimes you need to add a little bit of phosphate to the soil. What about, what about lawn fertilizer in this sand? Uh, Nothing here. We can, we can't seem to buy anything that's got that large. I know. So yeah, you're going to have to come maybe on your next trip to spruce. We get quite a few people coming up from medicine hat to get our fertilizer, like the green it up lawn fertilizer. It has the high middle number. So mm-hmm. in things like sand, like that, it makes a big difference. So okay. absolutely. All righty. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gord. 
All right. And I got one more caller online. I'm going to go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I have a, a mock orange tree that I've had for about 10 years. Yep. And last fall or last summer, it started to die inside. So I tried pulling stuff out. But I'm wondering if I can do the same thing with that, as you mentioned with the lilac trees, that I can cut it right down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mock orange respond very well to that. And okay. you know what? I'm going to even I'm going to help you up with the cleanup. I'm going to give you a hundred dollar gift card to one eight hundred Got Junk. Oh, So when awesome. you cut it all down, um, they haul away all kinds of junk and debris and all that fun stuff. So we're we're going to uh, give you a hundred dollar gift card towards the cleanup of your yard, and that's from the good friends at one eight hundred Got Junk. Perfect. So, Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, you're very welcome. And I'll put you on hold, Linda. And uh, Carolyn on the other line there will get your uh, information and we'll get you set up with that gift card. Oh, thank you very much. And I really enjoy your show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Linda. Okay, bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to do a couple more texts before the end of the show. I have a large, healthy weeping birch contemplating getting injected with the systemic. (laughs) But would like to hear from any listeners who have had success with this treatment with the birch leaf miner. Um, I'll, I can try and mention that next week, and hopefully we can get some people calling in. We've had really good success with it, and we're finding that people are getting two to three years or two years um, residual a bit on it. Um, depends how big they are and how bad and how healthy. So first and foremost, I'd really concentrate on getting your birch tree healthy. And as I mentioned earlier, they love Rage Plus. So good, slow, deep watering. Um, pour the Rage Plus around the drip line. It makes all the difference. So I would definitely um, try and use that um, with that as well in, in combination of the with the systemic injection for the birch leaf miner. And I live in Barrens. Would uh, Mount Nash live there? I'm not too sure where Barrens is, but Mount Nash are actually very hardy in our area, so it should be fine. Hi. We have an elm tree that needs pruning. When is a good time? As I just mentioned earlier, it has to be done before the end of this month. So if you need it, you might want to give Mark a quick shout, and hopefully he can squeeze you in before the end of the month. I know we are prioritizing some elm trees and things like that in for people to make sure that we get it done before the – because you're not allowed to prune them after March 31st as they uh, were trying to prevent the – spread of the birch leaf miner. Wow, I just got this gorgeous picture. We have a cypress tree that was planted right next to the house. It is now pushing against the foundation. We're wondering how big the root ball and if we could move it. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, I'm not sure if it's a cypress. It looks like a cedar, to be honest, but it could be. It's hard to tell in the picture. <clears throat> it's going to have a fairly good-sized root ball, but if you can get a U-blade, looks like you're on an acreage there. Um, if you can get a U-blade in and and try and dig it from the three sides out once it's thawed and you can try and move it. Um, what a gorgeous tree, though. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, we get to get some seeds and stuff off that one for people to, to reproduce that one. It uh, looks beautiful. And I'm out of time. I'm going to try and answer some text. There's a lot. 
I might not get to all of you. But again, thank you so much for listening and uh, happy gardening. And until next week, we'll get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR. <laughs>